Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Bagelbytes. I am Robbie Nagel and this is just a podcast series where I talk about the random things that I want to talk about. Today we're going to be talking about um, Hellenization a little bit. I'll be teaching through some of it. Um, there's a lot to unpack, so it'll be a very intro uh, type of teaching. So a, another word for Hellenization is simply just Greekifying, um, making things Greek. Uh, and it happened a lot during the Second Temple period, uh, during the rule of Alexander the Great. You will probably know the name. Uh, generally, when a name is followed by the Great, uh, they are usually known by the majority of people, even if you're not overly into history. So a little backstory to Alexander. So he had a dad. Uh, his name was Philip II. Philip II grew up uh, essentially as a hostage, um, but while he was a hostage, he actually earned essentially a diploma uh, or an education on uh, military um, strategy, and uh, he relearned what a phalanx was, uh, which is another just form of um, war. Um, it's a it's another formation for war, and. After he essentially was no longer held hostage, he went back home to Macedon. Uh, his dad had already passed, his brothers had passed, so it gave him the right to the throne, uh, and he becomes king. Uh, after he becomes king, he essentially has this plan to uh, take over pretty much all of Greece, uh, and he has the dream to take over all of the world, but he ends up uh, getting killed. So... Uh, what happens is, is he unifies the majority of Greece uh, into what's called the League of Corinth, uh, and it's just a bunch of Greek city-states before Greece was an actual, uh, you know, nation or anything like that. Like, that's uh, nations the way we see them on a map today are obviously uh, completely different than even a couple hundred years ago, uh, but especially 2,000 years ago. And uh, Greece wasn't a... A unified place. There were city-states all around. They ruled pretty much themselves independently. They fought with each other, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, Philip ends up conquering all of them and uniting uh, the majority of them, and uh, plans to take that unified state and run the world, essentially. Uh, but he dies. Luckily, he has a son with the similar ambitions, Alexander. Um, Alexander the Great ends up taking over and pretty much, you know, uh, creating an empire for uh, the majority of the known world uh, before dying. And um, during that, a couple different things, uh, biblically or, uh, yeah, I'll just say biblically or extra-biblically, um, happen. There's a story of when Alexander comes to Jerusalem. The high priest of the time essentially um, says... Uh, we need to pray. Uh, he's going to come. We can't, obviously, we don't have a way to defend him. They've heard of uh, how much he's conquered. They've heard of his military, and uh, they're afraid. So they pray to God, and God says to the high priest, uh, essentially just show him this scroll of Daniel. Uh, and if you know in Daniel, uh, Daniel talks literally about um, Greek coming and ruling the world. Name's Greek Greece by name uh, before Greece is Greece. Um, so that's very interesting from a perspective like that. Um, maybe they just thought the Greeks and they knew of Greeks. Um, but this is 100 years before, and now they're talking about uh, Greece specifically as a nation. And 
the high priest takes out the scroll and shows it to Alexander the Great. He comes uh, as a diplomat, essentially, instead of just completely desecrating everything. And he sees the scroll and is kind of just like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to take over the world. Sweet. Uh, you know, it's been foretold. Um, and he is excited, but also the other part of the story is uh, every time that Alexander the Great went into war, he had a dream of an angel. And whenever this angel showed up in his dream, he knew that he was going to be victorious in that battle. Uh, in this angel wore um, Jewish priestly robes and seemed to have the same exact face as the high priest. And so when he saw him, uh, they made peace with each other, and uh, they obviously weren't destroyed or anything like that. Uh, Alexander lived pretty uh, simultaneously with them, I guess. Uh, but the thing that happened was what's called Hellenization. So um, the root teaching, I suppose, to this is um, he implemented Greek culture and Greek language, Greek mythology, into the entirety of his empire. So the thing that unified them, because uh, when you give similar thought to everybody, uh, generally they'll be more unified. But another thing with Hellenization was that it allowed them to essentially keep their own culture and uh, keep their own religion, keep their own identity, uh, as just as long as they also allowed Greek gods to be in their countries, allowed, um, you know, Greek language to obviously be learned. Everybody knew Greek, uh, you know, during the time of the Bible. Uh, the entire New Testament is written in Greek. This is why. Um, this is why everybody knows Greek. is because of Hellenization. And then he and a bunch of his followers and stuff like that, and people obviously, um, even in Israel, not everybody cared um, about keeping, uh, Greek mythology or Greek gods out, um, so they built a bunch of, uh, sculptures, they built a bunch of, um, you know, temples and, uh, monuments and altars to Greek gods, and a lot of them were around, uh, Jerusalem as well, they were actually a lot, there was one to Asclepius, which is a, uh, god of essentially healing, and there was actually a pool, an Asclepion, and uh, it was outside of the city walls of Jerusalem. Uh, but during Herod's rule, hundreds of years later, uh, they, he extended the um, walls of the old city, and the Asclepion essentially uh, became part of uh, the city within city walls. Uh, there's actually a high likelihood that the um, Pool of Bethesda, that the uh, lame person was standing next to and hoping that the waters would get stirred up, there's a high likelihood that that was actually the Asclepion that was in Jerusalem, um, that those waters were the same, um, and that it was actually a um, dialogue between him and Jesus, uh, Jesus saying, essentially, I have the ability to heal you, not this false god, this uh, Greek god, um, so that gives a new layer, and I actually go into this in much more depth uh, in a future class that I keep hinting at, and I will not give any date until I have them all recorded, uh, but I go into this in a lot more depth. So um, Hellenization happens uh, throughout all of the world, and it gives a lot more of the uh, context to the uh, New Testament, because after Alexander dies, uh, his kingdom is split into four, the 
uh, Seleucids and the Ptolemies essentially fight over Jerusalem for a long time. The Seleucids end up semi-winning, I guess you could say, um, but they end up putting a statue of Zeus in the temple and a couple of uh, priests or a priest and his family uh, don't like that at all and uh, they end up banding together and kicking them out and uh, taking down the statue and end up over the next couple of years uh, defeating the Seleucids and they uh, want to rededicate the temple but they don't have enough oil. Uh, they have an oil for one day and it's supposed to last multiple. Uh, it ends up lasting the seven days until they're able to make more oil. You'll understand this as the story of Hanukkah. Um, that's the Maccabean revolt uh, that happened uh, during this period, uh, during the Hellenized period, essentially. And then uh, they end up actually ruling themselves uh, during the Hasmonean dynasty for about, um, I think, 130-ish years. I think it's 163 to about 36 BC, as roughly when Herod starts ruling and marries into that. But um, the importance of this is that the Hellenization process... Uh, made everybody uh, know Greek. It did end up, obviously, unifying people to a certain extent, at least within language, which is good. Um, but it uh, really jumbled up um, beliefs uh, because everything was, like, um, okay with each other and stuff like that. The Seleucids were the ones that, like, they literally cut tongues out of Jews. They killed them and, uh, you know, did atrocious things uh, to them because they refused to uh, worship Greek gods, and they were intolerant, but generally, Hellenization was pretty tolerant of everybody's religions and beliefs, but it created this, um, I don't know, half-breed of religions where you have Jews literally living in Jerusalem believing that Asclepion is real uh, in the story that I just said, um, and I might actually go into that as a uh, full teaching um, at some point in time. Uh, as, like, a bagel bite, uh, it'll definitely be in the class, but, um, I don't know, it's one of those things that, uh, are interesting, and I like to talk about it, uh, so it might be a bagel bite at some point in time, but, um, this is just the basis of Hellenization, a little bit of background, uh, you can obviously give a couple Google searches and stuff like that if you want to learn more, or wait until I talk about it again, because I talk about the Second Temple period a lot, it's a very interesting time period. It's obviously the time period where Jesus lives at the end of it. Um, and uh, it's a interesting time period because um, it's the silent years, quote-unquote. Um, so not a whole lot of people know about it. So I uh, dove in and researched a whole lot, learned about it in school, learned about it after school. Um, it's just one of those time periods that I find really fascinating and uh yeah so as always thanks again for listening and tuning in and commenting and all the things and uh yeah i hope you guys have been enjoying these uh from the comments that i'm getting uh, it seems like you are and i certainly appreciate it uh, so as always i will catch you at the next one